Hi, I'm Mike. And Crystal of OlgeenScene.com. Are you sick of yelling at the TV news? Seeing all the latest hit shows? We watch some of the lesser known shows to see if there's anything you're missing. Join us as we wonder, what, what else is on? All right, today we're going to feature two Netflix shows. A documentary series called Abstract the Art of Design and a comedy series starring comedian Maria Bamford. All right. So I think we'll start with Abstract. Uh, Crystal, what did you think of that? Well, thanks for turning me on to this. I really like it. It's a Netflix original show, um, and they highlight, uh, they highlight different artists in terms of illustrators, graphic design artists, photographers uh, from all walks of life that have really made it in this world as successful artists. Uh, it's very inspiring to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you, Which artists that we watched did you like the best? Well, honestly, I have a love of photography, and I think that uh, my favorite one that we've seen so far is on a photographer called Platon. Um, a lot of his work um, extends from different uh, presidents to, you know, military people. Uh, he did a lot of covers for Time magazine, uh, mm-hmm. George Bush and Bill Clinton and Obama, um, Putin. Um, yeah, you've seen these photos before. They're the up close photos and they're very grainy and they always have sort of um, they're edgy, but you can kind of see into the soul of the, of they're the subject. Very impactful. Now, believe it or not, he shoots in film still. And that's very rare for these days. Yeah, I was I was really shocked by that and that he uses an old uh, NASA drum scanner. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think those were developed to like develop uh, and look at old satellite photos. I mean, he has a specific style and he doesn't want to change that. So he makes sure by using the same equipment, the same lighting, the mm-hmm. same camera, the same film, he can capture that specific image that has like a signature look that you know when you see something that it's his. Yeah, I thought that was interesting that, you know, most artists are always like kind of trying to push the envelope, but he's firmly dug into his style because for him, it's all about the person. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, what I really liked about him was how he definitely talks with a person, opens them up and gets them actually, I don't know, their humanistic qualities all captured in this one frame, this one moment. Um, You know, photography is like a really big, impactful thing, but it's all based on this one specific moment in time. Yeah. And the subject and the subject in that moment of time Mm -hmm. and sort of looking into them. Now, this is a series and they feature all different sorts of artists, like we mentioned, and it's sort of a, a look into their life, but also their creative process. And I really felt like it was spoken artist to artist. Um, I don't feel like this is the kind of show that could be on regular network TV just because of all the design talk and all the um, – I thought they did a great job of illustrating, though, all the kind of complex things they were talking about. It's very artist-centric. I totally understand that. Who was your favorite artist that we've seen so far on the um, show? Well – I don't, I don't, it's hard to pick a favorite because I really like the, I think he was German, Christoph Niemann. Mm-hmm. Niemann. Uh, you've seen his illustrations on the cover of The New Yorker. Uh, they're, they're kind of uh, infographic, I would say, mm-hmm. is a, is a, 
but he his style is so varied. And I could really relate to this guy. He he has a very quiet workspace. Um, he takes his time to kind of ponder things and and really put a lot into a simple image. And I thought he was a total contrast to the other person, Paula Shirt. Sure. Sure. Uh, she was a graphic artist out of New York, and <laughs> she's reluctantly uh, super famous for designing the old Boston uh, album cover, the one with the UFOs. Mm-hmm. Anybody who knows classic dinosaur rock knows that that cover. That's She designed a lot of album covers. Mm-hmm. She had a whole stack of them she was showing. It was amazing. She has a really incredible body of work. I realized some of my favorite 80s album covers she did. And I always would, would look at them in the music store and, and just appreciate the covers more than anything. Now, she's really big on typography. So mm-hmm. her like message is showing typography in a way that creates this beautiful artistic flow and feeling and emotional context into just letters and numbers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Her work with the, uh, what was it? A theater company? The public. The public. Yeah. I thought that was really interesting how she took, it was only one style of font, but just changing the weight from each letter down. And that's the simplest thing, but it looks so cool. And, you know, a lot of her early stuff had sort of this gritty, colorful, impactful New York style. And then but she also did some really corporate stuff like the Citibank thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was this corporate. You would never guess that the Boston album cover person did also that. designed the Citibank logo, <laughs> the, the Band-Aid cor- logo and the, you know, however many <laughs> logos she's designed. So corporate, right? <laughs> but then she would have these amazing collage style pieces. And it was really incredible. Okay, now she went a little into Nutsville because what she had going on at her home was these big, giant artistic maps, maps of the U.S., maps of different areas. But then every single bit of space was filled up with some sort of typography, whether that was the zip code from each and every location on this U.S. map to uh, words and letters and it was just yeah if i could describe it it's this giant hand painted map that looks like something a crazy person would have on their wall <laughs> someone who's like trying to plot out a conspiracy <laughs> or something of that nature obsessive compulsive is the nicest way to put it because holy moly then she pulls out this drawer and she's got like 20 more of these maps that she's done yeah the whole time she's working on this one map and i'm thinking how long did this take this must have <laughs> taken like a year or something she has 20 more <laughs> she opens the drawer with 20 more <laughs> Uh, incredible. So, but I like also that these artists take their work home with them, that they're mm. not only artists when they're working, but when they come home to relax, that is their mm. their mode of operation. And I guess that's kind of ours. <laughs> All right. We're going to take a quick break and uh, help our cat Poof uh, figure out whatever he needs. Because, wow. <laughs> You're so noisy today. It's like almost like he knew we were doing something that needed to be quiet. He's been quiet for like two and a half hours. And now all of a sudden he needs us. So we'll take a break. We'll be right back. Stick with us. We'll be right back. And we're back. All right. So uh, in summary, uh, abstract, if you're interested in art, uh, it's definitely you definitely need to see it. And uh, even if you're just looking for something low key and interesting, definitely check it out. 
So next up is Lady Dynamite. Oh, boy. So this is a show we were talking about with uh, Maria Bamford. She's a comedian um, that's been around a long time, and this is her very first Netflix original show. Started in 2016, but I think that they're just starting to be aired this year, if I'm not mistaken. Um, This story that she's put out there is inspired by her own life, including uh, her bipolar disorder, uh, depression, anxiety, the fear of everything. Everything, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't know. I what do you like about the show, Mike? Um, it's first of all, it's it's just really silly. It kind of has a arrested development like feel. Totally. Which but even sillier and the fact that they could cuss, but in a way that I, I barely notice it. I just noticed the jokes feel funny here. <laughs> I know. When you mentioned that they were allowed to curse, mm-hmm. I was like Really? I didn't even notice. No, I've been uh, recently pretty open that, you know, I have anxiety, sometimes depression. And it's kind of a hard thing to relate to people who don't experience it. And what I really liked about this show is I really felt like she captured how normals seem to for people who have some sort of, uh, you know, whether it's anxiety or depression or whatever. You know, the people seem really over the top. You know, anybody who's sort of social just seems like a crazy caricature of people. And every little thing is a disaster, even though it's kind of not really a big deal. Now, to be honest, it's pretty much centered in Hollywood where everything is larger than life. But (laughs) actors and acting agents and things like that tend to be completely outlandish, over right. the top, and exaggerated. Right. So they're already even to a normal person like like that. So to Bamford, it, they're just these crazy caricatures. and But it still works. It's so funny. And they really bring a lot of big name uh, comedy guest stars, which I'm, do you have Do you have some of them? That well, been- we started like right off in series one with Patton Oswalt, who we mm-hmm. love. Um, Sarah Silverman's been in a couple of episodes. Mo Collins, uh, Bridget Everett, who we We've seen um, in person at uh, at midnight yeah, shows. Um, Jake uh, Jason Menzukas, <laughs> oh, uh, whose podcast we love. How did this get made? Uh huh. Zook. <laughs> and uh, her love interest ends up being Dean Kane, which is incredible. <laughs> uh-huh. um, Jenny Slate, uh, a girl from uh, Parks and Rec. Parks and Rec. <laughs> Mona Lisa. <laughs> Uh, it just it draws a whole group of really hilarious comedians together for the show, you know, which is a really nice, refreshing way to see things. Yeah. Another uh, another interesting thing about it is it has sort of a nonlinear script. It kind of captures uh, sort of coming back into the scene um, her time after, you know, kind of having a breakdown and then sort of at the top of her game, uh, I think she was the open, open, open lady. Oh, or for Marshalls or Target Marshalls mm. was Target. No, Mervin's was Mervin. the open, open, but she had another Mervin's. kind of a crazy ad for Target. I don't mm-hmm. remember what it was, but she totally riffs on that uh, in the series. It's completely even more over the top. And comedians have to earn a living. So sometimes crazy commercials is all they can get their hands on. And that's <laughs> what she ended up being known for. And, but they always like go completely off the rails in this show and, and turn into all these crazy things like The Simpsons. One little thing turns into this whole thing that you never see coming. An incredible series of unfortunate 
and events. <laughs> <laughs> now, you thought it was really strange at first. It baffled me. Something about it I just didn't understand. Mm. And, and I think that's the, the disconnect I was telling you about. It's like, this is how the world seems to... You know, people with anxiety or agoraphobia or obsessive compulsive. She kind of mixes a little bit of everything in there. Although she herself is uh, bipolar too, which I think, I mean, she's depressed and then sort of has moments of mania. And they really work that into the show too. Sometimes it's just kind of, uh, and then sometimes she's like, ah! Completely. So it's a really funny show to check out. Uh, you know, if you if you have someone or know someone in your life who has faced any sort of anxiety or depression or bipolar disorder, it's definitely something you want to just take a look at just for the comedic aspect, not for really any intellectual learning. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it. I would like to try to break some of the stigma with this stuff. Um, there's a great website, makeitokay.org, um, that kind of shows people uh, families specifically who have someone in their life like that, you know, how to, as yeah, well. how to talk to them. Oh, that's the hilarious world of depression. That's the one. And that podcast brings up the good point that, you know, some things are worth a laugh, even in something as serious as this. And I really feel if you could joke about something, then, you know, it, as long as it's not in a super rude way, then, you know, you're... It's part of uh, getting people to talk. You're, yeah, you're more likely to open up a conversation about it. And I think that's very important. And and like I said, I think it's a this is a great way to if you are someone who has this, you'll see a little bit of yourself and her and kind of be able to point out to your friends and family. Oh, look, and, and they'll see probably see a little bit of you in there, too. <laughs> <laughs> So I think the point of us branching out and just bringing some new shows on the radar is to get away from all of the news right now, to get away from the monotony of the same old regular sitcom shows that are on television and just, you know, get yourself away from that. Dive a little bit deeper into the the realms of Hulu and Netflix and discover yeah. shows that are maybe more your style and more your uh, up your alley to help you learn and think. Not everything is uh, Stranger Things and Game of Thrones and a lot of people kind of have exhausted those so i would like to do this more you know maybe find different uh different genres of things um that are maybe a little bit lesser known but you know that, that are worth a look that maybe people are missing yeah so i hope you've enjoyed i hope you've enjoyed our little uh review here so join us next time for what, what else is on, on? yay Algenscene.com brought to you by Squarespace. Be sure to check us out on our blog and on social media. And of course, you could always find us on algenscene.com. <laughs>